Welcome back to the New Wave Nerds. I'm your host, Brennan Sem. We've got a lot of interesting news stories today. We're going to be talking about Jonathan Majors reportedly being arrested. we got a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle game coming down the pipeline. Some news regarding Star Wars. And then we've also got some interesting info about Daredevil Born Again. But before we get into that, uh, I just want to at the top say that we have an Amazon affiliate link now. Um, and so I'm going to be hammering this every episode from here until the end of time. So you might as well go ahead and go buy something off of Amazon. But first, go to our Beacons page. So that's beacons.ai slash new wave nerds. Or if you don't feel like typing that, it can be found at the link in our Instagram bio. If you shop through there, then we get a small commission off of anything you buy at no additional cost to you. So, you know, you're already shopping on Amazon. Why don't you just give us a little kickback, please? <laughs> um, but yeah, once again, that is at beacons.ai slash new wave nerd. It's going to be the top link there. Uh, there's going to be an Amazon smiley face just to the left of it. So it's a little bit hard to miss. Um, but yeah, any support you can give would be greatly appreciated. Now let's hop into the meat of this episode. As I mentioned at the top, our first news story is about Jonathan Majors reportedly being arrested Saturday evening for an assault, interestingly enough. Um, so he was arrested by the NYPD on charges of assault, strangulation, and harassment. I did not know that strangulation is a separate charge from assault. I don't know why that is separate. I would think if you're strangling somebody, it is probably already an assault. But what do I know? <laughs> I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a cop. So I will leave that to the smarter heads. But the NYPD uh, said in a statement they responded to the domestic dispute and that uh, Jonathan Majors and the girlfriend were reportedly in an argument during a taxi ride. Um, now, after the authorities arrived at the scene, the victim, uh, the woman, that is, informed the police that she was assaulted and Jonathan Majors was arrested. The, the, the lady uh, sustained minor injuries to her head and neck and was moved to a local area hospital where she is reportedly in stable condition. Uh, so thankfully, nobody seems to be hurt too bad, except maybe emotionally and financially, as we'll get into in a little bit. Now, the following day, the Jonathan Majors legal team came out and said that... Um, sorry, let me pull up the... Here we go. The Jonathan Majors legal team came out and uh, proclaimed his innocence and uh, released a statement, which I think I'm just going to read the whole thing to you so you get the whole, the whole, uh, whole shebang there. So again, this is a statement from Priya Chaudhry, who's Jonathan Majors' criminal defense lawyer, and says, Jonathan Majors is completely innocent and is provably the victim of an altercation with a woman he knows. We are quickly gathering and presenting evidence to the district attorney with the expectation that all charges will be dropped imminently. This evidence includes video footage from the vehicle where this episode took place, witness testimony from the driver and others who both saw and heard the episode, and most importantly, two written statements from the woman uh, recanting these allegations. All the evidence proves that Mr. Majors is entirely innocent and did not assault her whatsoever. Unfortunately, this incident came about because this woman was having an emotional crisis for which she was taken to the hospital yesterday. 
The NYPD is required to make an arrest in these situations, and this is the only reason Mr. Majors was arrested. We expect these charges to be dropped soon. So that's a lot of information there. The The claim being levied there is that Jonathan Majors' arrest was purely a formality, and uh, reportedly, he has actually been released from police custody, which does sort of land or lend some credence to that claim. The fact that there is video evidence i would i would very much like to see that i don't know what the like the the legal process for that is for for any evidence regarding this case i don't know if they need to how it works and before you know i don't know what legal processes need to be gone through before this the footage can be released to the public um but i think it it would be it would be beneficial (laughs) i think a lot of people are going to see this a lot of people are going to see the first story that he was arrested for charges of um, domestic dispute. And they're just going to accept that as, as fact, as gospel. And they are not going to see the second story that wherein, um, you know, his legal team proclaims that he is completely innocent and provably so. And a lot of people I, f- I think aren't going to see the, the second story, or I suppose in this case, the third story when um, the evidence officially drops and he's, you know exonerated if if the claim by the lawyer is to be believed now of course you know i don't i don't know how this moves forward i don't know if um i i don't know (laughs) i I, i'm not going to talk about on the legal aspect because i'm not a lawyer believe it or not i am very interested to see how this one shakes out if the claim that uh that jonathan major's team is making that he's completely innocent can you then levy some slander charges against the victim? Or I suppose it's not, I don't know, that's not slander. Uh, geez. But can there be a civil suit wherein um, Jonathan Majors sues the accuser, uh, the liar, if, if, if this is to be believed, uh, for damages that he would incur based off of the loss of revenue? Because reportedly, um, the U.S. Army has halted its multi-million dollar ad campaign, the Be All You Can Be campaign, that had Jonathan Majors as the featured actor. Uh, The Army released a statement. They said, while Mr. Majors is innocent until proven guilty, prudence dictates that we pull our ads until the investigation into these allegations is complete. So the... um they're leaving the possibility open there that the ad campaign could still continue should Jonathan Majors' uh, innocence be proven. But we've seen before that there have been allegations against celebrities that have ultimately turned out to be false. And despite the fact that they were proven false, those uh, celebrities lose out on the ad campaign or the role in the film or, or whatever the case may be. So I wonder if the ad campaign is permanently shelved, if Jonathan Majors could sue the the uh, accuser there over damages that he would incur. Because presumably, I'm sure you know he was getting the big bucks. <laughs> you know, I don't. I guess I don't know for sure, but one would think that that Jonathan Majors was raking in the cash. I mean, this was at the peak. Well, maybe not the peak, but. I mean, Jonathan Majors is a rising star, right? He was relatively nobody two years ago, and now he's a household name from Lovecraft Country and uh, his and obviously Kang the Conqueror in the MCU. I wonder if if there's a case there. I don't know. Obviously, like I said, I'm not a lawyer. Uh, I do not pretend to be a legal analyst. 
I do know that there have been similar cases, um, though I don't necessarily know how they shook out. So that'd be that's an interesting development that well, I suppose we'll we'll have to be tracking if the claims by Major's legal team are false and he did assault her and he was charged with that i don't i wonder what that would mean like what would what would marvel have to do because you know this is a sort of situation in a lot of cases i feel like you can recast people but this one would be ultra weird because they've used his face literally a million times just in you know ant-man 3 alone (laughs) so i don't know like because if they if they don't recast him and they just cut him out, I, you have to rewrite basically the whole phase. I don't know. That's so weird. I I guess maybe they they don't lose him and they if he I don't I'm sure they would work out some deal where and he wouldn't have to actually go to prison and he would just you know pay off a bajillion dollars or whatever. But just push back the timetable of the whole MCU like three years <laughs> until Jonathan Majors is out of prison. Like I don't know. It's so. It's a, it's a weird situation. But, I mean, ultimately, this whole thought experiment as what, w- what, what would Marvel do? WWMD, what, what, what would Marvel do? It could all be moot if, if Major's legal claims are, are true insofar as, you know, there's no culpability there. In which case, Marvel could just be like, ah, what do you mean? There was nothing, and then move forward. That's very curious to me. But yeah, so that was that was the breaking news. That was the obviously I think the most important story. Um, we don't have much information. It is you know a, a, a developing story, so we will undoubtedly be following that as it uh, as it progresses. But on to the next news story, which is uh, a little less awkward. <laughs> um, reportedly, there is going to be a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. So this game is being uh, spearheaded by a studio that is as of yet unnamed. So we are obviously likely multiple years away from release, uh, probably even a year at least away from a trailer <laughs> with any sort of vague release date. But the game itself is The Last Ronin, and it is going to be based off of a 2022 graphic novel of the same name that was very well received. Now, I'm going to you talking a little bit about the backstory of this graphic novel uh, because I just bought it literally at the time of this recording two hours ago. <laughs> I was I was on my way home from the gym and I thought, you know what, I'm going to see if they have it. And they did and it was on sale. So I obviously don't have any information as to the actual story yet, um, but I do plan on reading this very soon. So stay tuned for a full review, our very first comic review. But so here is the, uh, the back text, the back. What what do you call that? The the text on the back of the book. I don't know. I know there is a a real term for it, but I have forgotten. Not important. At the big at the top, it says who is the last Ronin. But notably, there is no question mark, so they're not actually asking the question. <laughs> okay, I actually I do know who the last Ronin is, even though I haven't read it because Shade spoiled it for me because he is literally uh, the bane of my existence. 
Um, I'm not going to spoil it for you because even though I believe it is it is revealed on the final page of the very first issue, I think it's worth waiting. Shade just sucks. <laughs> and so uh, because of this, you know, he's now dead to me and I have taken him out of my will. But moving on to to more important matters, the actual backstory of this graphic novel, it says, the future of New York City, I, actually, that's not the tone I should be reading this in. Um, I can't really do the voice, but if you could imagine like a trailer from the early 2000s where it's like, in a world. Um, so just imagine that is the voice that I'm doing here. Um, the future of New York City is dim, a high-tech urban battlefield controlled by the Foot Clan and their cybernetic soldiers. But from the wasteland outside the walls stalks a lone surviving turtle. The last Ronin, on a hopeless mission to end his family's feud once and for all. Carrying only the mementos of those he left behind, he'll join new and old allies to reclaim the sewers. Or die trying. It is, uh, as mentioned, set in the future, though I do not know how far in the future. I don't know if we're talking like... That's actually an interesting question. Um, what is the, the lifespan of like these teenage mutant ninja turtles I'm, I'm looking up the the average life so normally aquatic turtles live only 20 to 30 years when they're in in captivity um oh but it says many can live much longer and obviously tortoises live for like 100 years or something ridiculous but i wonder because they've been genetically mutated are is their lifespan extended or is it like lowered it, it, I don't know. That's that's a, a weird, pointless question that I guess doesn't really matter. But yeah, I don't know how far in the future this is. If it's like 50 years, if it's 100 years, if it's like two years. Hmm, curious. I suppose I'll have more information for you after I read the book. <laughs> um, actually, I'm just going to see if they say it on the first the first page here. Because sometimes it'll, you know, it'll be like a... Uh, no, it just says now. It just says now. I'm sure that there's flashbacks. Uh, which will say like 20 years later or something. So I will once again uh, return to you with more information. <laughs> but um, uh, reportedly, uh, Doug Rosen, who is the, the senior vice president for games and emerging media at Paramount Global, which is the, the company that owns the rights to the Turtles material, uh, he said that the game is going to be darker than, than the general Turtles <laughs> and, and more mature, much like the comic. And further than that, he said that... Um, apart from just the tone matching the, or the tone being authentic to the, the source material, he said that the story will reportedly be fairly authentic too, which is, I, I, I'm, I think that's probably for the best. I think it's, I do see an argument for altering stories. So they're just loosely based off of the comic because if it's the exact same story, then you're, I, I mean, not just comics, but for like other media too like video games um, with regards to like The Last of Us or the Ghost of Tsushima movie that's going to be coming out soon. Um, I see the argument that you don't want it to be too similar because then it's, you know, the exact same story and fans of, of the comic or the original source might be a little like bored. Uh, you want to have something new to entice them to experience it in this new form of media. So I do see that argument. But then at the same time, it's like some of these stories are so incredible that you just want to see them adapted exactly as they are. So I don't know. I think I'm 
obviously I haven't read the comic, but generally I lean on the side of being as true to the source material as, as possible. So that, that fills me with a little bit of, of, of excitement. In the same interview, Doug Rosen said that, or he compared this game, The Last Ronin, to the 2018 God of War and its sequel, God of War Ragnarok. So that is curious to me. I don't know what, like just in, in what way are they comparable? Is it comparable in like mechanics, in graphics quality? Is it like comparable in just the, the richness of the story and the emotional uh, tone that it takes? I don't know, but obviously those games are widely regarded as as being you know some of the best console games of all time um at least uh, maybe all time is a little a little too uh a little too i mean, maybe i'm being a little too fast with that so m- m- just the the decade at least or the past couple the last two decades i'll say um you know those were obviously very well received every everybody knows that i mean great everybody talks about how good they are i mean shade talks about them all the time as well um i think they both won the game awards the years that they were released so so that that leads me to believe that this game they're, they're going a, a different direction than one would assume with uh when you hear a teenage mutant ninja turtles game which is good i think i mean granted you know most of turtle stuff is geared towards kids so me saying this is is kind of pointless um but i i do think that they should be trying to make more mature stories and, and trying to make them appear to uh, a larger more uh adult audience because i mean when you think about the turtles and you think about these other children's properties that are being adapted in, into mainstream franchises um you know avatar comes to mind you don't necessarily i i, I see two arguments and they i i don't know obviously i know which one i i prefer <laughs> but I see both of them and think they're reasonable. Wherein the the one argument is that you want, um, you know, you want to stay true to the material insofar as you know. We'll just talk about Avatar: The Last Airbender since I've been watching that late lately. Um, Avatar at the time was geared towards children, so any sequels. I see the argument that you would want to gear them towards children as well. But the argument that I fall on, or fall on the side of. And this is mostly because I am now an adult who grew up with some of these franchises. So there is certainly bias there. I see the argument that the people who... The the main viewers of this new uh, iteration in the same universe are going to be the people who watched the original show more than just newcomers, right? So I would think that you would want to appeal to them. Uh, And since they're older you know, follow them a little bit. Still, obviously, keep it grounded in the same, vaguely the same tone and everything because you don't want to just make it a completely different product. You want it to feel like the source, the original. But I do think you want to know who your audience is going to be. And I think that was exemplified in in the Clone Wars TV show, right? At the beginning, it was geared towards children. But then in the later seasons, the people who are watching it were those same people who watched season one when they were 12 and are now watching season five and are 17 right so you want to follow them a little bit you want to follow that age group i think 
I don't know what brought that on. <laughs> I don't know where, where, how I got onto that. I don't know how I got onto that topic. Um, wow. But back to the last Ronin. Uh, Doug Rosen has said that it's mostly going to be a single character focused game. So you're going to be playing as the last Ronin, and that is going to be the principal playable character. So it, it's going to be it's going to differ from uh, some than previous turtles games wherein you would play all the turtles or you could select which turtle you want uh or or switch between them or as the case may be um you're going to be playing just the the one turtle Uh, although they have said that other characters may be playable in flashback sequences so that's uh interesting you're gonna get some backstory there good and not just backstory and like cinematics i think playable backstory is always fun um uh they have talked about how they are open to making more turtles games both with younger audiences and older audiences in mind so there would certainly be you know a a turtles game wherein you could play all of the four main turtles or even splinter and i know there there have been games where you can play as like april o'neill and casey so that is that's curious i uh i hope that they do make more games and i hope that they make more movies um i mean i've talked about this you know, a lot before. Um, the 90s Turtles movies are special to me. Um, and even though I've never read the comics, I, I like the Turtles. I'm trying to get more into the comics, obviously, by my buying The Last Ronin, but I want to read the actual Turtles comics. Um, so I think it would be interesting to see a, a, a more um, broad franchise set in the universe with, with various different shows and games and, and other forms of media that suit you know, all age groups and all all ranges and stuff like that. I think that would be interesting. But any Turtles studio is likely very far away. Uh, as I mentioned at the beginning, this game isn't going to be going to be released for probably like two or three years. Um, we got the the Mutant Mayhem movie coming in October, but I think that I just I think that's going to flop. <laughs> if I'm being completely honest, I don't think that's going to do too hot. Um, so I'm assuming it's going to be a while before we really see anything turtles related that's that's vaguely incredible but we will again follow the new the developing turtles stories because <laughs> i guess we have to do it every month now so the next news story um or i suppose the next topic is more accurate way of describing it is uh we're gonna be going to star wars so there have been a lot of rumors that uh disney is going to be firing Kathleen Kennedy if there's no oh geez if there's no Star Wars movie by Christmas of 2025. I was going to say not a Star Wars movie, but then I switched to no. Um, and this comes not you know not just a random internet rumor. This comes via an industry insider whose name I I don't recognize. Um, but he said the rumor is from trust quote unquote trusted sources so as with all rumors you know take it with a grain of salt but this one may be a little bit more based in reality than some of the other ones so that that's interesting to me i mean there have been a lot of star wars movies that were announced uh, I, I touched on some of them last time we talked about star wars uh you know there's the patty jenkins one there's one that's supposed to be directed by kevin feige Originally, the showrunners for Game of Thrones, uh, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, were attached to a product, but that fell through. I mean, 
they've had like eight different Star Wars movies planned, uh, and half of them <laughs> have just either been canceled or shelved or in or in uh, development hell, as it were. So that's that's does not bode well, I suppose, for the Star Wars universe. And I know that Kathleen Kennedy ruffled some feathers uh, vis-a-vis <laughs> John Favreau with regards to The Mandalorian. Reportedly, uh, she was sticking her nose in and uh, some decisions she made screwed up John Favreau's plans for Book of Boba Fett and Mando Season 3, or excuse me, Mando Season 2. And he said, reportedly, that he if he was going to be attached to do Mando season three, then it was going to be completely his product and she wasn't going to be involved in any way. So that's, that doesn't bode well for her, frankly. And I mean, I might've, I think I've said this before. I wouldn't be opposed to her just getting booted, frankly. Um, you know, I think she deserves some credit as being the head of the company at the time when Star Wars started coming out through its or start, when marvel jeez gee many christmas uh when kathleen oh my god uh she deserves some credit because she was the head of the company after when star wars started its sort of revival phase um which has sort of brought it more into the 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 popular culture of the age um of that age group so i think she does deserve some credit there but frankly i think you know a lot of the a lot of my issues stem partially from her lack of leadership as far as the the broader story goes and yeah i wouldn't be opposed to her being booted as long as she was replaced by like dave filoni or or john favreau or somebody who has proven that they are capable of that um that sort of broader story structure i i, I think frankly i think it should be dave filoni because i don't want John Favreau to be bogged down. I want him to be able to move around and do other projects. And I, I mean, this is Dave Filoni's like, ah, he's just, this is his true calling. If I had to guess, if I had to, if I had to venture, I think if, if they don't, I don't know. I don't, I mean, granted she is, she was, I don't know what her actual um, job title is. So I don't know how much president of Lucasfilm. Yes. Yeah, so I don't know how much like, say she really has over the broader story um i've just heard that uh, i don't know could be interesting um but that being said there are also very credible rumors that um disney is going to be announcing three new movies at their upcoming star wars celebration uh which is in europe in april so next month uh basically next week uh let's see let's see when the actual star wars celebration is April 7th through the 10th. Oh, so literally like next week, next weekend. Wow, that's crazy. Um, that's so fast. I didn't know that was coming up. I thought April like 20th. Um, but yeah, that's going to be in, in London, England, apparently. And it is, it's heavily rumored that they're going to be announcing their next three movies there. There's a lot of big names going there. I think Hayden Christensen is appearing, uh, Ewan McGregor. I think Andy Serkis as well. So there, yeah, there's a lot of big names there. It makes sense that this is like the Star Wars day. So I wouldn't be surprised if they announced films here. But speaking of upcoming films, we have an update regarding the the Damon Lindelof film that I, I discussed the last time we talked about Star Wars. So yes, Damon, Damon Lindelof and Justin Britt Gibson were attached to 
spearhead a a film you know david lindelof namely from watchmen and and lost fame um that was widely expected to believe the wait was widely expected to be the first film released following rise of skywalker um and lindelof and brit gibson have left with so they are the latest in in this string of creative forces that have left that have left Star Wars projects at this time. And they were replaced by a gentleman by the name of Stephen Knight, who is, I believe, um, the credit for, for Peaky Blinders, which is a show which has been on my Netflix list for like the past seven years, I think. It is very well received. I know a lot of people really like it. So many people have, have told me that I need to watch it. I just haven't had a chance yet. I think it's there's like six seasons, seven seasons. Yeah, there's six. I mean, there's not a lot of episodes in here. Mm, yeah, I think I, I think I'm gonna have to watch this. But yeah, like I said, so it's um, somebody who's credited with that, and therefore, I mean, it could could be a pretty good film. You know, I don't know. It's it's weird. Obviously, I don't know. We don't know what direction they're gonna be going with this. I mean, I'm looking at some of the other work that this guy has done. Um, Stephen Knight, and I mean, it's not particularly impressive. <laughs> you know, there's nothing in here that's really jumping out at me. Yeah, I mean, it looks to be nothing too particularly well received, except for Peaky Blinders. So maybe this, maybe this, maybe this movie's gonna be garbage. But as always, you know, we don't even know what the story is. We don't even have a name. We don't know anything about it. So I'm gonna reserve judgment. But yeah, I don't know. It's just, there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of stuff going on over there. Obviously, in the the television department, they are absolutely killing it. You know, I mean, they're nailing it. But the um, the film aspect is really dodgy. <laughs> there's been a lot in flux over there for like the past, literally since since the sequel trilogy. You know, because obviously those were god awful. Um, and then Solo was not well received. It's like they have they have not done a lot of films <laughs> that have been very good. I mean, Rogue One was good. Rogue One was good, but I think that's really the only Star Wars film post Jedi that has been <laughs> that has been well received. Um, po- post sorry, that's not the uh, I meant post Jedi chronologically within the universe, but post the Disney the the Disney buyout. I don't think. You know, they've got one good film. So hopefully they get their act together and stop stop forcing people to leave and, and actually, you know, make a good film because gee, mini Christmas, we really need one right now. Anyways, <laughs> Mando 3 is going to be going for, I believe, an, another couple of weeks. So we still got a little, a little ways to wait on that. So uh, I'm not going to have a review on that for a while. Uh, although I, I have considered watching that one week to week since literally every big story aspect of every episode has been spoiled for me on social media, which is something that normally happen, doesn't happen to me. Normally, I am like really good or not even that I'm really good. It's just spoilers never usually pop up on my feed but for mando season three (laughs) everything has been spoiled so i might just have to end up watching that one week by week um star wars bad batch season two is going to be ending soon so i'll have to i'll i'll have to binge that one and then um probably do a review of that for for an episode of the pod as well so so stay tuned um but that sort of wraps up our star wars talk 
Moving on over to the MCU, we've got some interesting developments uh, vis-a-vis Daredevil Born Again. Um, So in a recent interview with Newsweek, Vincent D'Onofrio has said that season two is already planned. Now, I mean, Daredevil has been announced for quite a while, and I think a while ago they announced that it was going to be 18 episodes, which is absolutely crazy. But the fact that they already have a season two planned is kind of wild. Now, as far as that goes, I have seen a couple people who believe that the that 18 episodes that they already have is not one full episode, but is rather, or excuse me, not one full season, but it's rather two seasons that would be broken up into nine-part halves. So I, I have seen a couple people who think that the whole thing is Daredevil Born Again, and the first nine is going to be season one, part one, and then the second nine is going to be part two. Um, and you know, there, there is a a pretty obvious delineation point within the comic that, that is leading a little bit of credence to that theory, which, and it also makes sense considering that that comic is widely regarded as one of the greatest graphic novels of all time. So the sort of richness of that story and the, the depth that is in there does sort of lend itself to wanting to be, you know, fully, fully realized in, in, in two in as many parts as it takes to really fully hit that story home. So that would be interesting. Again, we don't have any information for sure whether or not that is true. I've just seen a lot of rumors that that is going to be the case, which, I mean, it does make sense considering most Marvel TV shows have been like eight episodes. Except, wasn't, was she, what was She-Hulk? Was She-Hulk? I don't remember. For some reason, I was thinking it's 12. Let's see here. Nine. Yeah. For some reason, I thought it was 12 episodes, but yeah, nine episodes. So that, that I mean, based off of the, the length of the rest of the Marvel shows, I mean, that does make a certain level of sense. They've all been, you know, in that six to nine range, um, which sort of disheartens me a little bit. I was really excited to hear that it was going to be 18 episodes and it was going to be this one massive season that we all get in one go. But then again, I don't know. I mean, as long as if it is true that it's two seasons, as long as they're the same general story, I think I'm chill with that. I think if it is Born Again Part 1 and then Born Again Part 2, I think I'm fine with that. If it's just two completely different seasons, then obviously I'm I'm it's going to be fine. You know, I'm not, I'm not really going to pl- complain, but that does annoy me a little bit that they would announce 18 episodes right off the bat if it is two seasons. Uh, getting my hopes up for something really awesome, uh, and then just dragging it away—that would suck. But you know, it is what it is. Um, as to the actual content of the show, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio in that same interview with Newsweek said that the quote: "The fans are gonna really get what they want." Um, so that's interesting. I don't know what that really means. <laughs> I really don't know what that means. If it means that it's like, I don't know. I guess I don't. Because he also said that it's going to be very different from the Netflix show. So I don't know. I mean, I feel like most of the fans, and maybe this is just because I'm biased and I really want this, but I, I, I can't honestly think of a single person who has been like, I don't want it to be anything like the Netflix show. So I, I, I don't know what that means. And then conversely, we had an interview with Charlie Cox where he said, the show will still be dark, but it's not going to be as gory as the Netflix show. But so if it's as dark, just not as gory, how is it very different from the Netflix show? I don't know. Maybe they're both just 
spouting off. I don't know. Maybe they just don't. I, I it's, it's, uh, I'm curious. Either way, I'm a little annoyed because obviously the Netflix show was absolutely just incredible. I mean, like I said, I don't think I, I haven't heard really. I can't think of a net, a negative critique I've heard. Obviously, there are some people who probably didn't enjoy it, but the vast, vast majority of every review I've ever read or heard has been positive. Um, so that's weird. Yeah, I just don't know how different. Ah, only time will tell. That's gonna come out sometime in 2024. So I'm I'm gonna be on the edge of my seat <laughs> the closer we get to that waiting for waiting for trailers and more information that's another one that i've set up google alerts for that i don't normally do but uh let's see what else do we have ah oh, yes um another character what's his name Jiminy christmas michael gandolfini the son of the late great james gandolfini um is reportedly going to be playing somebody in this film or excuse me in this tv show and although he has not announced who he's going to be he has given us a little clue in that um he said the only thing that he's allowed to say is that he's from staten island so here's that that's weird to me because there's not that many marvel characters from staten island i think um uh what's his name deadpool yeah deadpool is from from staten island we yeah really nobody which i mean charlie cox has talked about how he this so here another reason i'm a little bit concerned is that charlie cox has likened this daredevil to deadpool which is weird like i don't know i mean obviously the daredevil we saw in she hulk was a lot more jokey he's a lot more mark wade-esque in his in his his personality whereas i i really enjoyed the sort of frank miller daredevil that we got with um the netflix show and obviously the comic that the show is based off of born again is a frank miller comic so i don't know like if that means that it's just going to be a really if it's going to be a mark wade daredevil set in a frank miller universe that's very weird because the mark miller excuse me geez that's another comic book writer he wrote civil war but i think he wrote a, a daredevil run too now that i say that ah whatever not important um the mark wade daredevil was a very it, it was much more silly. You know, it was it was in a different time in Matt Murdock's life. He'd moved to San Francisco. Uh, I think they changed his character so it was a little bit more in touch with the traditional, uh, original personality of that character. It was... Because when Daredevil was first written, he was much more jokey. Uh, kind of felt a little bit like Spider-Man, frankly, <laughs> if I'm not, if I'm going to be honest with you. Um, and then it was Frank Miller who made him this sort of dark, gritty, uh, emotional character. So I don't know. I mean, like this is a, it's a very weird situation we got going on. I had forgotten about that Matt Murdock Deadpool thing up until just now. I think he also said that he wanted to do a movie with Deadpool, which I think would just be god awful. Like those characters do not mesh well in my head. I I just don't see a world wherein that is a film that I enjoy seeing. Um, but another possibility for Michael Gandolfini's character, just again, we don't know anything about him, so this is based purely off of the Staten Island 
connection. One of the only other characters from Staten Island is Toxin, which is a Venom symbiote. Let's see, he was the spawn of a Carnage symbiote, but this says that Toxin was forced to bond with Eddie Brock in, oh, and fight Venom. The later, wait, <laughs> oh, geez, I don't know. Um, let's see here, King in Black. Huh, yeah, so um, the article that I read previously had said he was a Venom symbiote, but now that this from the Marvel wiki that I'm reading says Toxin is a Carnage symbiote. But regardless, he is a symbiote. And that is, that is a possibility, I suppose, because based off of the post credit scene from No Way Home, now we know that there's a little bit of Venom goo in this universe, wherein previously there there wasn't. So that is is curious. I don't know, like... I uh, Man, I don't know. That's such a weird... What a weird, like, connection... What a, that would be such a weird... Ah, man. But I guess it opens the door for Sp- Spider-Man and Daredevil to have a crossover, which is something that I've obviously discussed wanting to see a lot. Um, man, I hope... I don't, there's just so few... There's so few characters that live... Uh, that come from Staten Island. And none of them really appear to be all that related to um, to, to Homeboy, to Daredevil. Wow, I can't believe I couldn't remember his name. <laughs> this is... That would be so weird, wouldn't it? Am I the only one who thinks that would be really weird? Mm, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, I mean, considering that's all we know, like literally all he said is that he's from Staten Island and he wasn't allowed to say anything else. So that doesn't exactly give us a lot to go off of. I don't, I don't know. Like I want a Spider-Man Daredevil crossover, but I don't know if I want that to be how it happens. I always wanted it to be like a, a a brawl with Kingpin, but I don't know. I mean, frankly, as long as those two get together, I guess I don't. I wouldn't be too upset. I think that would be really interesting. But some more casting updates. Uh, since the last time we talked about this, John Bernthal has been announced as going to be reprising his role as Daredevil, or oh my, as Daredevil, really. Uh, he's going to be. Why did I say that? <laughs> He's going to be re- reprising his role as the Punisher, um, Frank Castle, which is definitely a good call. I think uh, he he really did very well uh, in that. I mean, season two of Daredevil was the worst season of the of the of the Netflix show, but I it the the parts with Frank Castle were I think the best. I think one of the reasons it was so awkward is because all the hand stuff. Um, Wow, that's an interesting phrase. Get your mind out of the gutters, guys. Come on. But yeah, I think he's the obvious choice. He just performed so well. I mean, even his his own TV show was... I mean, it, the show itself wasn't great, but I thought he did really good. The show was fun, for sure. That's definitely one you should watch. Um, so I'm glad that he's going to be coming back. I think we need to bring as many people from the Netflix show over. Um, and speaking of people from the Netflix show coming over, unfortunately... We obviously, I think we've talked about this before, Karen Page and Foggy Nelson, we don't know what's up with that right now. Um, They haven't explicitly said that they're recasting or that they're just not going to be in the film at all or the TV show at all. Um, But there have been some reports that the previous actors are not to be, are not expecting to get offered contracts, which sucks, which really sucks. I mean, that that crew was just so good, <laughs> you know, with, with, um, Charlie Cox, Deborah Ann Wool, and Eldon Henson. I mean, those, that crew was just so good. They had really good chemistry, man. I don't know. That sucks to me. Um, 
Although I did see an interview uh, with with Charlie Cox where he said he doesn't know what's going on, but he doesn't know what what the state of Karen Page's character is going to be. But he said it, that you can't take her out because she is so central to the the dare, daredevil mythos and that there's really only one Karen Page. So I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> I don't think anybody really knows what's going on. So that makes me really sad. I'm glad that John Bernthal is back, but I, I want the homies. I want the whole team. I want the whole crew. They, Like I said, they're just... That show was so good. I just... I don't know why you would take it such a different route, but whatever, I suppose. What do I know? <laughs> and in addition to those two not returning... The original actor for Vanessa Fisk, who is the Kingpin's wife, uh, she is not going to be coming back either. But she has been recast. Uh, so in the Netflix TV show, Vanessa was played by, I'm going to say this wrong, uh, Ayelet Zurer. Wow, I'm so sorry. Um, she did so good. She was great. That was an interesting take on the character. I like the way that she sort of slowly like became encapsulated into the the crime syndicate there. I thought that was very masterfully done and I thought her performance was really good. Um plus she was really good opposite Vincent D'Onofrio. But she's been replaced by Sandrine Holt from Better Call Saul. I don't know who that is. Let's see. Who does she play? She portrays Cheryl Hamlin in in this film or in this in this in Better Call Saul. I don't know how many, I don't know how how many episodes she's in here. Um, she's in three episodes. Now look, maybe she did a phenomenal job in those episodes. Oh, she was in House of Cards. Who was she in House of Cards? Okay, let's see. Jillian Cole. What? I don't. I don't know if I remember that character. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Is there a picture of her in House of Cards? Oh, yeah. She's not a major character at all. Oh, this is the lady who worked in the nonprofit that that Claire. Oh, man, I got to watch that show again. That was such a good show. I don't think I ever watched the sixth season. Oh, looks like she was in a few episodes of The Expanse. Maybe my dad knows who she is. She played Oksana, so maybe she's really good in that. But yeah, I mean, honestly, not a particularly large amount of things in this filmography here. Okay, so... That, that I think, makes it much worse. Even though, I mean, she may be an incredible actress. Man, I think if you're going to replace somebody who has done provably well and is already in the universe, uh, granted, you know, the broader universe in, insofar as it's a Marvel property, not the MCU, not the cinematic universe, but I think if you're going to replace them, I think it's got to be somebody who is, you know, I don't know they have a, a a good track record but we will see um let's see what is the release date the supposed release date um it just says early 2024 so we're still a year away i don't know i bet that's going to be pushed back though since they've announced that they're going to uh keep their their lineup a little bit more spread out i bet that's going to be pushed back which kind of sucks um but that wraps us up for this week. Kind of a dour note to end on. <laughs> I love Daredevil. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I think... Uh, man. Is he... Nah, I don't think he's my favorite Marvel character. I think that still has to be Captain America. Though I think Daredevil does have a... Um, Daredevil definitely has 
an opportunity to sort of to really be one of my one of my favorites. He's just so good. There's so many incredible stories. Do I like him more than Captain America? I don't know. Oh, that's so tough. I think just based off of my comic book collection, I have to say that I like Captain America more. But I don't know. Daredevil is such an interesting character to me. I speaking of 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 Daredevil, I bought um Born Again, the Frank Miller comic. So that I will probably be coming out with a review of that soon as well. So keep your eyes peeled. Um but yeah, I think I've definitely waffled on long enough. So as always, um oh, you know what? The day that this comes out is my birthday. Uh so I will be 21. Hooray me. If you feel like getting me a birthday present, then would you please share this episode with your friends? <laughs> or I guess not this episode particularly. Um, you know, your favorite episode if you have a favorite. Uh, that would be nice. But yeah, if you feel like getting me a birthday present, then just tell people about the podcast so that they can hear it and then buy stuff from our Amazon. So that would be pretty cool. <laughs> Let's see. What else do we have? Uh, yeah, I guess that's really it. Um, oh, that's what I know. That's what I was going to say. This Saturday, we're going to be having um, the next episode of My Father Before Me, where my father and I discuss the 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 willow sequel series um you can hear us talk about how incredible we thought it was (laughs) just that it was peak peak television um honestly at least on par with andor in my book as, as far as you know recent tv series go probably even frankly better than the last of us you know it was a it was quite a it was quite a piece so yeah stay tuned for that and uh we will catch you next time